Chapter 9 Abbot Mortimer and Constance the Badger meandered through the grounds together. Both creatures were deep in thought. Had they spoken and voiced their thoughts, they would have mentioned the same subject, the safety of Redwall. Down long ages, the beautiful old abbey had stood for happiness, peace, and refuge for, to all. Diligent mice tended the neat little vegetable patches that every season gave forth an abundance of fresh, fresh produce, cabbages, sprouts, marrows, turnips, peas, carrots, tomatoes, lettuces, and onions, all in their turn. Flower beds, heady and fragrant with the countless varieties of summer blooms from rose to humble daisy, were planted by the mice and husbanded by the hard-working bee folk, who in their turn rewarded Redwall with plentiful supplies of honey and beeswax. The two friends wandered onwards, past the pond, early morning sunlight glinting off the water, throwing out ripples from the fish caught by the overnight lines, which were baited left and left to drift each evening by Brother Alf, Ahead of them lay the berry hedges, raspberry, blackberry, bilberry, and the strawberry patch, where every August sleepy baby creatures could be seen, their stomachs full after eating the pick of the crop. Gradually, they made their way around the big old chestnut trees into the orchard. This was the abbot's favorite spot. Many a leisurely nap had he taken on sunny afternoons, with the aroma of ripening fruit hovering in his whiskers, apples, pears, quince, plums, damsons, even a vine of wild grape on the warm red stone of a south-facing wall. Old Mother Nature's blessing lay upon a haven of warm friendliness. Now, with the threat of Clooney upon Redwall, the two old friends assessed the beauteous bounty of their lifelong abode. Sweet birdsong on the still air tinged Constance's heart with sorrow and regret that this peaceful existence would soon pass. Gruffly she, she snuffled deep in her throat, blinking off a threatening teardrop. The abbot sensed his companion's distress. He patted the badger's rough coat with a gentle paw. There, there, old girl, don't fret. Many times in our history has tragedy been forestalled by miraculous happenings. Constance grunted in agreement, not wishing to disillusion her trusting old friend. Deep within her, she knew a dark shadow was casting itself over the abbey. Furthermore, it was happening in the present, not in bygone days of fabled deeds. Matthias seated himself to an early breakfast in Cavern Hole. Nut bread, apples, and a bowl of fresh goat's milk. Corn flour, along with the woodland creatures granted sanctuary, was sleeping in makeshift quarters provided by the good mice of Redwall. Matthias felt he had grown up overnight. Duty was a mantle he had taken willingly upon his shoulders. If there were a threat to Redwall from outside, it must be dealt with. 
the mice of Redwall were peaceful creatures, but that must not be taken as a sign of weakness. Stolidly, he munched away as he confronted the problem. Eat heartily, Matthias. No point in facing trouble on an empty stomach. Feed the body, nourish the mind. The young mouse was surprised to see that old brother Methulsa had been watching him, his eyes twinkling behind the curious spectacles he invariably wore. The ancient mouse sat down at the breakfast table with a small groan. Don't look so surprised, young one. Your face is an open book to one of my years. Matthias drained the last milk from his bowl wiping cream from his whiskers with the back of his paw. Give me your advice, Brother Methulsa, he said. What would you do? The old mouse wrinkled his nose. Exactly the same thing as you would. That is, if I were younger and not so old and stiff. Matthias felt he had found an ally. You mean you would fight? Methulsa wrapped the table with a bony paw. Of course I would is the only sensible course to take. He paused and stared at Matthias with an odd manner. Hmm, you know, there's something about you, young feller. Did you ever hear the story of how Martin the warrior first came to Redwall? Matthias leaned forward, forward eagerly. Martin, tell me, brother, I love hearing about the warrior monk. Methulsa's voice dropped to a secretive whisper. It is written in the great chronicle of Redwall that Martin was very young to be such a warrior. He could have been the same age as yourself, Matthias. Like you, he was impulsive and had a great quality of youthful innocence about him when he first came to our abbey. But it is also written that in times of trouble, Martin had the gift of a natural leader a command off over others far superior to him in age and experience. The Chronicle says that they looked to Martin as some looked to a strong father. Matthias was full of wonderment, but he could not help feeling puzzled. Why do you tell all this to me, Brother Methulsa? The old mouse stood up. He stared hard at Matthias for a moment, then turning he shuffled slowly off. As he went, he called back over his shoulder, Because, Matthias, because he was very like you. Before the young mouse could question the old one further, the Joseph Bell told out a warning. Sandals flapping, Matthias dashed out into the grounds, nearly colliding with the abbot and Constance, who, like everyone else, were heading for the gatehouse. Brothers Rufus and George, George had an incident to report. A large, evil-looking rat, covered in tattoos and carrying a rusty cutlass, had turned up at the gate. He had tried to gain entry by pretending he was injured. Limping about, the rat explained that he would be in a hay cart that had overturned into the ditch. Would they come with him and render assistance to his friends, many of whom were lying trapped beneath the cart, crying out for help? Brother Rufus was no fool. 
How many rats were traveling in the cart altogether? He asked. Oh, a couple hundred, came the glib reply. Then why, reasoned Brother Rufus, did the rats not give aid to their old to their own companions? Surely all two hundred were not trapped. The rat evaded the question and made a great show of rubbing his injured leg. Could they not take him in and dress his wound and perhaps give him a bite to eat at least? Brother George agreed on condition that the rats render his weapon. The rat made as if to do so, then suddenly lunged at Brother George, only to be sent sprawling by a blow from Brother Rufus's staff. Realizing that he was up against two big, competent mice who would stand no nonsense, he became abusive and bad-mouthed. Ha! Just you wait, mice, he raged. There's a whole army of us camped down in the church. When I tell Clooney how you treated me, ho ho, just wait. That's all. We'll be back by the fang we will. With that, he slunk off, cursing all mice. The grim news was digested in silence by the assembled creatures. Mrs. Churchmouse began sobbing. Oh, dearie me, did you hear that, my dear? They must be living in our home at St. Ninian's Church. Oh, whatever shall we do? Our dear little home, full of dreadful rats. Mr. John Churchmouse tried to comfort his wife as best he could. There, there, hush now, missus better to lose a house than lose our lives. A good job we got sanctuary here at Redwall. But what about the other creatures in the area? cried Matthias. Sensible mouse, said Constance. Is Ambrose Spike anywhere about? He'd better do the rounds and tell them to take sanctuary here at the Abbey as quickly as possible. Spike will come to no harm. Once he curls up, there's nothing that can touch him. The idea was greeted with enthusiasm. Brother Alf went out to find the hedgehog. The abbot suggested they all go inside the abbey and wait further developments. Matthias piped up again. We'd best mount a guard on the walls. One of the older mice, Sister Clements, chided Matthias as an, as an upstart. Her voice was stern and condescending. Novice Matthias, you will be silent and do as your abbot commands. Much to everyone's surprise, the abbot came to Matthias's defense. One moment, Clements. Matthias speaks sense. Let us hear what he has to say. We are none of us too old to learn. All eyes were turned on the young mouse as Matthias heard himself boldly outline his plans for the defense of Redwall. It was eleven o'clock on the glorious June morning. Mossflower wood in the meadowlands stirred to the brazen voice of the great Joseph Bell. John Churchmouse heaved on the bell rope as he had been told to by Constance and Matthias. Bong, boom, bong, boom. Even the small creatures in wood and field who could understand no language save their own knew what this meant. Time of danger, place of sanctuary. Carrying what simple belongings they needed, woodlanders and their families hurried from far and near to gain the safety of the abbey before the storm 
of Clooney broke upon them. Squirrels, mice, voles, moles, otters, all save the birds of the air, who were safe anyway. Up the long, dusty road they came, mothers protectively herding young ones, while fathers provided a rear guard. Brother Masultha stood at the gate with the abbot. He translated fully to each group of creatures the abbot's message, in turn construing back to the father abbot their grateful thanks with pledges to help and loyalty to Redwall Abbey. For what creature had not been freely given the aid and special knowledge of the kindly mice? All knew that they were that they owed their very existence to the abbot and his community. Healing, aid, food, shelter, and good advice were granted to all. Now was the time to unite and repay, to give any help that was possible. Before much longer, Redwall would require the skills and knowledge of all its woodland allies. They would be gratefully given Matthias and Constance stood on top of the high perimeter walls, watching the road. It was noon, and the sun shone directly overhead. Despite the heat, Matthias had ordered all the mice to put on their hoods. It served a double purpose, to shield their eyes from the sun and create a camouflage effect. Silently, each one stood, armed with a stout staff, the high red sandstone walls were far too lofty to be scaled by any normal creature. Instinctively, Matthias knew this was a good defense and a formidable deterrent. Constance could feel her hackles beginning to prickle. She sniffed the air and shivered despite the heat that shimmered in waves across the meadowlands. The big badger nudged Matthias. Listen to that. Matthias pricked up his ears and looked at her, questioning. Even the birds have stopped singing, Constance said quietly. The young mouse gripped his staff tighter. Yes, it's the silence we can hear. The grasshoppers have gone quiet. Constance peered down the road as she spoke. Strange for a summer day, little friend. Bong. Every creature standing on the ramparts twitched with fright as a loud voice of Joseph Bell rang out, and John Churchmouse shouted down from his position high in the belfry, They're coming! Down the road! I can see them! I can see them! 